In this week's episode, we talk about why you need to be hungry like the wolf. Bringing hope and healing. It's your source for personal growth, mental health, and interesting ideas. Thoughtful Mind with Svee. Here's your host, Svee Hilsenrath. And welcome back to Thoughtful Mind with Svee. I'm your host, Svee Hilsenrath. Recently, I finished the great classic, The Call of the Wild. I've actually never read this book, and one of the advantages of not reading the classic books when you're in high school is that you actually get to enjoy them if you read them later in life. It's a great read, not too long. Mark Twain said the definition of a classic is a book that everyone wants to have read, but nobody wants to read. This is an easy reading book, and you get to say you read a classic if you go ahead and read it. The book itself follows three basic acts, and it is a story toward the end of the book that got me thinking about change. Specifically, it got me thinking, why is it so hard to start change? So many people want to change, and yet it never gets off the ground. You'll hear things like, I'll exercise tomorrow, or I'll stand up for myself at work, tomorrow, or I'll start saving for retirement, tomorrow, and on and on until either we're forced to change, maybe by difficult life circumstances, or we have to let go of our hopes or our dreams, or we let go of self-care, we let go of taking care of our body, of our mind, or even more tragic, eventually, we run out of tomorrows. And that brings us to the call of the wild. For those who don't know, The Call of the Wild is the story of a dog named Buck, who is kidnapped from his farm, from his home, and sold to work as a sled dog in Alaska and Canada and the Yukon. Buck goes through a succession of owners, starting with the owner of the farm, and then ultimately ending with a man named John Thornton, who represents the ultimate expression of manhood in the eyes of Jack London, the author of the book. Buck and John Thornton develop a very special connection, and each saves each other's lives multiple times during the course of the book. The incident I want to touch upon happens about three-quarters of the way through the book when John Thornton and his partners are drinking in a bar and people are bragging about their dogs, how much their sled dogs can pull, how powerful they are. And one man says, my dog can break, start, and pull 300 pounds, breaking meaning the sleds that they used to transport items across the Yukon because it was all ice. They used sleds. If they left them outside, they would freeze to the ground. And so before they could get started, they would need to break the sleds, meaning break them away from the ground. And then they would have to get them started because the sled was at a standstill. The first man said, my dog can break and pull 300 pounds. And the second man said, my dog can break, start, and pull 500 pounds. Another man said 700. And John Thornton said, Buck can break, start, and pull 1,000 pounds. And somebody said, 1,000 pounds, 1,000 pounds is impossible. And John Thornton said, I bet you all the money that I have that my dog can break, 
start and pull a thousand pounds. Of course, he probably thought he wouldn't have to pay out any money. No one would take such a bet. But a man said, I have outside a sled with 20 bags of 50 pounds each of flour. And it's been sitting out there and it is well frozen to the ground. And at this point, John Thornton can't back down. His pride is on the line. And so he and his partners meet. They come up with the money. They take the bet. Everyone goes outside of the bar. They attach Buck to the sled. And now I'm going to read what happened because Jack London was a fantastic writer. And because the copyright has run out on this story. And so it is legal for me to read. Buck tightened the traces, then slacked them for a matter of several inches. This was the way he had learned. Gee! Thornton's voice rang out sharp in the tense silence. Buck swung to the right, ending the movement in a plunge that took up the slack, and with a sudden jerk arrested his 150 pounds. The load quivered, and from under the runners arose a crisp crackling. Ha! Thornton commanded. Buck duplicated the maneuver, this time to the left. The crackling turned into a snapping, the sled pivoting, and the runner slipping and grating several inches to the side. The sled was broken out. Men were holding their breaths, intensely unconscious of the fact. Now, mush! Thorne's command cracked out like a pistol shot. Buck threw himself forward, tightening the traces with a jarring lunge. His whole body was gathered compactly together in the tremendous effort, the muscles writhing and nodding like live things under the silky fur. His great chest was low to the ground, his head forward and down. While his feet were flying like mad, the claws scarring the hard-packed snow in parallel grooves. The sled swayed and trembled, half-started forward. One of his feet slipped, and one man groaned aloud. Then the sled lurched ahead in what appeared a rapid succession of jerks, though it never really came to a dead stop again, half an inch. An inch. Two inches. The jerks perceptibly diminished. As the sled gained momentum, he caught them up till it was moving steadily along. Men gasped and began to breathe again, unaware that for a moment they had ceased to breathe. Thornton was running behind, encouraging Buck with short, cheery words. The distance had been measured off, and as he neared the pile of firewood, which marked the end of the hundred yards, a cheer began to grow and grow, which burst into a roar as he passed the firewood and halted at command. Every man was tearing himself loose. Hats and mittens were flying in the air. Men were shaking hands, it did not matter with whom, and bubbling over in a general, incoherent babble. And so, in this almost Herculean effort, Buck was able to not only save the pride of John Thornton, his owner, but able to earn him a tremendous amount of money as well. Buck was able to create change that positively impacted those he loved. I think there are three lessons about change we can learn from this story. The first is that change is hard because we are frozen to the ground. Our entire life is pulling us down, holding us in place. Our habits, our brains, the lives that we live, the people around us, our job, our family, everything is holding us down. Everyone is holding us back, not maliciously, not intentionally, but because the life that we are living is working for other people. Because life has settled into a groove, it is naturally hard to change that. 
It takes tremendous effort, not only to take the first step, but to overcome the resistance of life, others, and most importantly, ourselves, and get moving. Even once we do, growth can seem small, growth can seem painful. It could be a half an inch, an inch, another inch, two inches. But the forces involved, moving it all, and then gaining momentum, those forces are strong, and they are constantly building. As I record this, NASA is working on sending another rocket to the moon. When they send a rocket into outer space, the vast majority of the energy and the fuel is spent in simply getting the rocket ship off the ground, and then in getting it the first few miles, the beginning, getting the momentum going that will send it into outer space. A tremendous amount of effort and energy and fuel and resources are spent on breaking the hold that Earth's gravity has on the rocket ship. Newton's first law of physics, objects at rest stay at rest, and objects in motion stay in motion, apply to all areas of life as well. Change is hard. The hardest part is going from rest to motion. Change is hard because people that are at rest, people that have not changed, tend to stay not changed. Once you get started, once you expend the energy and the effort in going from rest to motion, creating the change, it becomes easier. But we're all frozen to the ground by life. Breaking that ice from our soul is hard. Once you've gained some momentum, often the end is accomplished, even though you have not hit the goal you set for yourself. In the story of Buck, people were cheering long before he got to the woodpile because they saw the end was coming. They saw that the beginning, the hardest part, had happened. That is lesson number one. Lesson number two. John Thornton made Buck's life hard because he wanted to change for other people. There was no need to pull this thousand pounds of flour by one dog. It could have been done by a team of dogs. There could have been less weight. John Thornton wanted Buck to pull this thousand pounds alone for the sake of his pride for other people. Often, we take on more than we should to make other people happy or to impress others. When we make change in our life, we need to make sure the change is happening for our sake. Other people can benefit. And in fact, helping out other people is a great incentive to create change. But ultimately, we want to make sure we are not hurting ourselves in the process. The reason this thousand pound feat was so amazing is that most dogs would have gotten hurt, would have damaged themselves in the attempt. You don't need to take on such a heavy load to live a meaningful life or to help other people. And finally, the third lesson is this was an impressive feat because Buck did it alone, but it's also pointless. Normally, sled dogs worked with a team, not only with other dogs, but with humans. Usually, it was the humans that broke the sled from the ice by shoving their heavier bodies against the sled. Instead of needing to break the sled from the ice by the traces, by the lines that held the dogs to the sled, they could push against the sled from the side a lot easier. Most people have this idea that they need to create change alone. 
They need to be an expert in everything that they're trying to accomplish. It's simply not true. First of all, you can't be an expert in anything. Second of all, there are already people that are better what you want to accomplish than you will ever be because they've been practicing it longer. That doesn't mean you should have everybody do everything for you. But often parts of the process can be done by others. You can ask for help or you can pay for it, and it'll turn out not only easier but better than you could have done alone. You don't need to do everything yourself. You don't need to do it alone. Get the help that you need to create the change that you want. And so yeah, the lead-in to this episode was a bit of a misnomer. If you want change, you don't need to be hungry like a wolf. You need to be hungry like the dog, like Buck. But don't make the mistake of being hungry for the wrong things or going about change in the wrong way. I have exciting news. Thoughtful Mind with Svi is now on Instagram. I want to thank my sister Tamima, who is helping me create the change of expanding the podcast. Go check it out at Thoughtful Mind with Svi on Instagram. And until next time, go out, believe in yourself.